backpacking in North Carolina yeah. with uh, a group in, in Chad Wright. It was an unbelievable experience. I'm doing it uh, another mission in September in Utah. So he shows up from Hawaii with clothes, but it's a backpacking trip. He has no, any, he, he, you know, clothes, clothes sure. is in sandals and surf shorts. He doesn't actually have hike, like anything prepared, <laughs> anything mountain related. No. Well, they so, probably do it barefoot out in Hawaii, right? Yeah. Well, he just, you just, you just wear sandals everywhere you go. So he shows up and he has to go to Cabela's sure. or maybe he goes to Bass Pro Shop, one of the two. He's never been to a Bass Pro Shop before. So I tell him, dude, you're, you are in for an experience. Oh yeah. And you're going to be there a long time. <laughs> so he's at Bass Pro Shop for a few hours buying, you know, spending a thousand dollars on hiking boots and rain pants yeah. and a jacket. He's he has to get up. everything. Yeah. So I let him borrow my truck. I come back, we go camping, we do all of that. He goes home and I, I start, I'm, I'm driving my truck. And I, I open my door. Start to look around. Yeah, notice a True X sticker <laughs> on my door. And then I'll open up my console. There'll be a True X sticker. Sure. Yeah. On my back bumper, there's a True X sticker. Yeah. There's probably 15 True X yeah. stickers. And those don't come off easy. They leave all the little scud behind. No, and, yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I took the, the big obnoxious True X sticker off on my bumper <laughs> so it's not burned onto my paint. Sure. Yeah. But otherwise, they're still all there because yeah. I just haven't, I don't have 45 minutes. Sure. Sit and scrub yeah, everything off. Yeah, I need to yeah. put some time in my calendar, like yeah. 45 minute block to, yeah. to, to get these stickers off my damn get truck. Get all of his fucking stickers yeah. off my truck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. the story. Yeah. And they're everywhere. Sure. They're on this table. Yeah. They're in the office. Is there a story to all the dinosaurs hidden around the office? No, I stayed in Airbnb with a bunch of little dinosaurs everywhere. Sure. Yeah. And I liked that. Yeah. Made so, a little vibe. Yes. So then I bought a uh, package of dinosaurs. Yes. Small plastic dinosaurs. Yeah. And we had a, a bunch of extras and sure. we scattered them around the office for no reason. I like it. Everybody thinks I have reasons for the things I do. Sometimes that is true. That's Other true. times it's there's just fun. no yeah. reason behind it. Yeah. Like, why'd you paint your skits for like a cow? <laughs> because it's funny. Just to piss off old white people. <laughs> and that, that exact. <laughs> yes. And boy, has it worked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you're down here from Indianapolis. Yep. You work in Indianapolis. Sure do. Can I, can we talk about your age? Because I know you like to be a little key about yeah, that. Yeah. I, I feel comfortable enough that I can talk about it. Yeah. Because the thing is, all of the older folks that you're worried about, they don't know what podcasts are. Sure. Like. That's true. So yeah, there, that's there you go. I'm all for it. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're protected. Here. Yeah. Um, so how old are you? I'm 20. You're 20. You can't even drink yet. Can't even drink yet. Dude. Friday night in Nashville. Well, I mean, you can drink. <laughs> If I'm rolling with the Build Wit boys. <laughs> no, Build Wit does not condone Oh, that's underage. true. I yep. would never condone yep. such a thing. Yep. I would never engage in such an act. Sure. That'd that be like painting your skits here like a illegal. cow. Like that's an investment. <laughs> yeah. Why would you do that? You yeah. know? It doesn't yeah, make that's sense. That's crazy. Yeah. So you're 20 years old and you have a construction company. Yep. How many people do you have? Uh, right at the verge of 50 right now. I think 49 as of yesterday. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Payroll hits today. It's like 60 grand. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. well, if you want to compare payroll numbers, <laughs> yeah. I'm more than happy yep. to. Yeah. It's, I, um, so we, we, we had to get kind of like a, I was basically wondering what it costs to run the business two weeks. Sure. Or someone said, someone gave me this ridiculously big number yeah. of, of, of dollars and said, go figure out how much this is going to get you. Sure. 
I go to our finance guy and he says, oh, it'll get us two weeks. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then I, I sit there as I'm walking away. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. What happened? How did this happen? This sure. is what just went on yeah. for that to be the number that gets me two weeks. Yeah, that exactly. You, that's <laughs> yeah. And even just like when I sit down to do AI pay applications, like, OK, say this guy doesn't pay me and that guy doesn't pay me. How much do I have to keep on hand until, you know, I expect an extra or whatever? And so, yeah, just keeping your head around the realm of numbers as it grows so fast is, I mean, that's a job in and of itself. When I was 20, I had no payroll. So in fairness, I'm a little, a little ahead. Uh, how did you, how did you get started in the whole construction thing? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a little bit of a unique story. So I don't come from construction, no family in construction, no, no real background in construction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the story is I was born in Wabash County, Indiana. So up North of Indianapolis, about two hours, um, farm family. So six of us kids, pretty large family farm operation. And that's what it was. Like we were raised a generation back. We had, we had satellite. I'm sorry, not satellite. Um, oh, it was satellite TV. So we watched, you know, Andy Griffith and I dream of Jeannie and, and yeah. Gilligan's Island. And that's all we had, you know? So it was, it was the good farm background, you know, lifestyle. So I loved that. I thought I was on the path to just come back to that. You know, I was going to, I was going to go to Purdue get an ag degree, come back to the family farm. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it. So long, sad story later, you know, I was the family and the farm split up and it, and it didn't split up pretty as family businesses Mm -hmm. often do, you know, so everything went sideways in life and, and, uh, left me questioning, you know, what's ahead for me. So we had left the County and my family moved down to the Indianapolis market, a small town North of Indianapolis. So at the time we moved, I would have been, a, I think, a freshman in high school. Um, so just uprooted from everything I enjoyed and loved. You know, I, I farmed all the time. So nowhere to farm in Indianapolis, didn't have any real connections. So I went and got a job for a, for a local excavating company, small-time operation, uh, two or three guys. So did a lot of septic systems and sewer repairs and, you know, water hookups and those kind of things. How, how old were you? At that time, I would have just turned 16. Okay. Barely had a driver's license. So, um, pretty quickly I, I found a passion in it. It was everything I enjoyed about farming, or at least had the potential to be everything I enjoyed about farming, you know, being outside and, and the iron, everybody loves the iron. Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for it and the dirt and the lifestyle, you know, you're, you're fighting with the weather and, and, uh, seven days a week sometimes. So I, I did fall in love with that and pretty quickly found that, Hey, this could, this could line up with, with the farming and with the lifestyle. There's a lot of similarities between construction and farming. Yep. A lot of similarities. I think the big difference between construction, well, one of them is farming is easier to automate. Yep. And farming is certainly being automated. It's certain types of farming. Yeah. There's the heavy consolidation. There's a lot of automation. There's the whole immigrant workforce. Sure. That, that, that is a big part of farming. It's, there's a few different yep. factors there. Yep. I'll agree with that to an extent, but there is something different. Um, you know, you said in a podcast a couple of weeks ago about, about mass consolidation of agriculture. I don't know what it's like in the South and I don't know what it's like for all the other commodities, but for the corn belt of the Midwest, there is a spirit that will never be broken of the small family farmers. So mm-hmm. no matter how much ground China buys or no matter how much ground Bill Gates buys, 
there's going to be several families in that county left that will be in it for the next three generations because they've been in it for three generations already. So, mm. and, and you're going to have some fall and some break and this and that, but there's something in farming that once it's in your blood, you'll never get out. And that's how it is for me. Like I'll eventually be back into farming. So I just, I don't know why yeah. you know, there's years you make negative, crazy amount of money. It's super labor intensive, 120 hour weeks, but I love it. You know, that's another difference is yeah, it, it's, it's, ridiculously labor intensive yep. during certain But it's parts seasonal, of the year. you know. Correct. We'll, we'll grind our face off in construction 80 hours a week every week all year. Yeah. Whereas in farming it's 120 hour weeks for, you know, 8 weeks in the spring and and 12 weeks in the fall. So it's a little more seasonal in the push seasons, you know. Sure. Farming it's fascinating too because people I feel like forget it is a, still a thing. Oh yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we used to do farming. Like, yeah. Well, where does all your food come from? Sure. It's not just one point five percent of the population grows the food for the rest of the world, you know, and that's it's just wild. crazy. That, and that's what that and infrastructure dictates how quickly the world can evolve. Yep. Because you have to feed everybody. Right. Food, water, shelter. Yep. You can't outpace yep. food, water, and shelter. Yep. Which is it's it's ridiculous. And I'm proud to be in all three of those industries. You there know? you go. There you go. <laughs> so you 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 start to get the feel of construction. Yep. You're in high school. Yep. So I would have been going into sophomore year, brand new school, you know, no friends. Yeah. So I was I was never the kid that that needed a lot of friends or um you know, did extracurricular activities. Oh, oh you had to move you had to move high schools. Oh yeah. That's I moved two hours away. That sucks. Freshman to sophomore year. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, you just you get, you get situated freshman year. Oh yeah. And then all of that is thrown away. Yeah. And now you're back at square one sophomore year, yeah. which is just for the sake of morale, not cool. Yeah. Yep. So now in, in the school I'd grown up at was, you know, it was K through 12. Everybody knew everybody. You know, mm. I, had, I had four siblings ahead of me that came through the school. So like the reputation was made. I could just float through, you know, get my assignments to look pretty and I was going to have no problems. But come into a new town, nobody knows my last name, you know, n no connections made. So a huh. little reset. Um, At what at what point do you start thinking, well, I, maybe I could do this? I don't know that I define the exact day. I know I was sitting inside a CAD class um, or, or some sort of a construction class on my laptop. You know, it was a screw off class. Um, so I was sitting there and I founded the LLC, just kind of like seeing where I could get on the state website, you know, mm -hmm. and, and within 30 minutes, I had an LLC founded um, kind of a thing and just kind of went for it. So, you know, officially, that's where it happened. I think it was October, November of, of 2018, if I recall. Um, but as far as, you know, I was working for the other guy. I was working nights and, and you know, skipping school here and there, getting sick here and there. Yeah, know, yeah to of go, course. To go work. Yeah, um, of course. And I, I can't define an exact day, but I always kind of knew within a couple of weeks, I knew like, hey, I'll get into this, you know. So I didn't I didn't know at the time if that meant a partnership with the guy I was with or a little bit of investment or on my own and, and that kind of thing. So super good guy. He taught me a lot in the short time I was with him. But within within eight months, I had sold a really nice truck that I'd built from scratch and refurbished. So I sold that for good money, you know, and, and that was like selling a piece of my soul. Mm -hmm. and, and then I went out and bought a, bought a mini excavator to start with. It's an E50. What kind of truck was it? It was a first-gen Cummins. Oh. Yeah, 91 with a 12-valve and a five-speed. And I'd built air suspension. And, you know, it was just, it was like the cleanest first-gen on earth. So Really? Yeah. That gets you a lot of, that's a pretty cool car yeah. for being in high school. Yeah. 
No, it was. That's no joke. Yeah. Rolling into the new high school, too. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this new kid? Uh, so you get rid of the truck, you exchange it for a mini excavator. Yep. How do you get your first job? I got to remember what my first job was. I don't know exactly. Um, I know how I got all of my first jobs was I'd come home every night from school or wherever I was working, and I'd come home to an Excel spreadsheet, and then I would just yellow pages and Google every you know, home builder, general contractor, mm. real estate investor, like anybody involved in the industry I could find, I'd put them in this Excel spreadsheet and and I'd have a couple columns for, you know, where their office was. And then I'd figure out who the owner was, what their personal phone number was, and, you know, kind of, kind of stalk down the paper trail there. Yeah. It's when people ask me how to get in touch with people, I don't really know what sure. to offer them Google because them. <laughs> that's it. It's, it's all on the internet. It's, yeah. it's all there. If yeah. you, and, and sometimes you have to work really hard to find oh, sure. someone's contact yeah. information, but everybody is there at the yep. end of the day. I end up on my case, you know, looking in the in the state's database of, of any crimes they've committed, you know, looking for information. It's and, there somewhere, man. Yeah, yeah sure. I would I would find some, you know, on page 15 of Google, some obscure presentation this person gave eight years ago. <laughs> and at the bottom, it had their email score. <laughs> yes. Or I'd be sitting there Googling other people at the company that sure. are more accessible. What's the email format? Sure. Okay, here's five possibilities. Try all yep. five. Get four bounce backs. One goes through. All right. We're, we're in, in the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, you just have to have the desire to go find somebody. Oh, yeah. But everybody's Starving there. for it. Yeah. yeah. And, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an overnight. All of a sudden I had these clients by any means, but I'd call five of them a day, seven of them a day. What they, would you say? Oh, I just introduced myself. My name, you know, my name's Will. I just would love an opportunity to come by your office, introduce myself and, and look at any work you've got upcoming. I mean, it was nothing that I had scripted out. It was mm -hmm. nothing that I'd practiced in the mirror. I mean, it was just be real and be natural with them. But was it a little, a little bit of bullshit? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was a, I was a 17 year old in high school. Like I was making a call from an English class. I, I quickly built a reputation and, and some teachers loved it. Some teachers hated it. But if my phone ring during English class, I don't care what we're talking about. I'm getting up and go to the hallway and I'm going to take this call because who knows who it is. You know? Damn. But you would never mention that you're in high school. When oh, you're talking no, to people. absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that I, I used when I was in high school and especially college as a way to get in the door with a lot of important people. Sure. It was, I wasn't threatening. Yeah. Oh, I'm just a kid. I'm just trying to learn. And then that pulls people's guard all the way down and you can have a really phenomenal conversation with sure. somebody. Uh, but you were in the opposite camp. Oh You're yeah. Like I need them to think I'm yep. capable. Yeah. So they can't think I'm a kid. Yep. Show me some million dollar jobs and, and let's avoid the conversation of how old I am. Yeah. You know? And I wouldn't lie to people. Yeah, I just, exactly. I would just avoid the conversation altogether. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not, uh, useful information because yep. that doesn't necessarily impact your ability to do a job. Oh, 100%. I mean, no. sure, yes, you're inexperienced. But sure, yeah. There's a lot of inexperienced contractors out there, <laughs> let me tell you, that have been doing it for a long time. And I don't know how they yeah. still are this bad, yeah. but yeah, they are. Yeah. Huh. Um. So you start getting jobs and you have mini excavator. Yeah. So it's a lot of sewer and water hookups. Um, I quickly got- like Residential. Yeah, residential. I quickly got licensed to- design and install septic systems. And I would go after the niche. So like the sand line systems when you're in bad soils and you don't have a good drainage outlet because the old timers and the 580 backhoes just wanted to do pipe and gravel, you know? Mm. So I would go do these 20, $30,000 septic systems that everyone else is scared of. 
They've got a little bit of design. They got a little bit of math. Perfect. You know, so I started by doing a lot of those, um, started digging some basements, doing some backfills. I mean, just anything I could get my hands on. When were, this was nights and weekends? Oh yeah. And getting sick. And getting sick. Yeah. So you, you, but you quit the job that you had before. Yes. Yeah. When, uh, I mean, what was that conversation? Hey, I'm going to go do this on my own. Oh, he knew it was coming. Um, and he was fully supportive and, and, and took it really well. So it was a, it was a mixture. Like I would work for him and be like, Hey, I, I, I won't be here the next two days or these three days next week because I've got a job I'm doing there. So it wasn't like I quit and then I went and did it. It was a little bit of a mixture and he was very respective of that because he knew what was going to happen there. So he would say, um, he'd say, oh, I just want to be able to say that I made you, you know, when mm. you're when you're whatever you're going to become. So yeah. anyway, it, it has been funny for for me to reconnect with people that gave me a shot early on. Definitely. Uh, because not that I'm necessarily a long ways down the road, but I'm far enough yeah. where they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm like, I know. Thanks for the shot. Definitely. Like you're, you yeah. helped, you helped this. Yep. Yep. Huh. Um, when, so you're doing, I mean, 20, $30,000. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's, it was, it was a jump. I was making $7.65 working at the fish store. Sure. When I was in high school. Sure. So I was not pulling in nearly the revenue you were. Yep. The income you were. And, and I took a lot of jobs too cheap. Starting out, I didn't know how to price myself. You know, and yeah. that's always been my weakness. Even when I grew into hard bidding work, it's like, I don't know how fast I can put 8-inch SDR 35 at 8 feet deep. So there's been a lot of times where I was the rat of the industry. Not because I wanted to undercut everybody, just because mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. So I took a lot of work as as a charitable foundation. And I sure. learned a lot quickly, yeah. you know. but Yeah, I mean, build with... It's not a legitimate nonprofit, but it's a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We're still trying to figure yep. out the profit. Part. Definitely. Um, uh, but that, but, but that's the problem is there's only one way to figure that out because you go ask other contractors, how do I bid work? They're not going to tell you. Oh yeah. That's crazy. Yep. Cause no, I'm not going to go help my competitor, even sure. though you, you aren't really competitors. Sure. Yeah. So then you have to go learn by trial and error. And that is one similarity with the ag industry. Like all these old guys, they hold those cards close because they think everybody's out to screw them. You know, I'm not going to tell you anything about my operation. It's wild. Even though we do all the exact same things, you know, we lay pipe the exact same way, but I'm not going to tell you how I do it. But ag is funny because you're feeding the same market. Yeah. It's the same commodity market. Yeah. And, but that's where construction is too. It, you're not really competing with one another. Yes, you are. Sure. But competition is good. It keeps everybody honest. Oh yeah. But if we're if we're just focused on competing with each other, all these other industries are going to race by us, which right. has already happened. Oh, I'm by speaking, far. It's going to. <laughs> you know, it's already happened. Yeah. And now, but we're still so focused on each other, we haven't even noticed that all these other industries have torn past us. Yep. And then we're sitting here scratching our heads like, why can't we hire people? Yeah. Why doesn't this next generation just want to work? And how am I going to pay my fuel bill next week? Yeah. And it all runs together. Yes. In a game that makes this much money and, and we need to invest in the people and make all these you know big picture things. How do we do that when we're struggling to pay the fuel bill and make payroll every week? Mm-hmm. Oh, were you passing your classes? Oh yeah. I was very blessed. I, I always did pretty well in school. Um, so I actually, so, so that was sophomore year when I got rolling and yeah, big summer, you know, hit it hard that summer coming into junior year, I had most of my credits out of the way. So how did I do that? Junior year, I did a work program for myself. So I would go to about nine 30 in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, 
And you're supposed to then leave and go work for some, you know, long standing company in the area. So yeah. it took a little bit of sweet talking to get to get the paperwork so that I went and work for myself. Oh, because you have to sign your own paperwork. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and yeah. typically, you know, an employer fills out a bunch of paperwork on a weekly basis for that class and you and you turn in all this stuff. So I sat down with the teacher and I was like, I can give you time cards, but you won't believe them, you know, <laughs> or when I left school or when I got to school. Like, um, so I said, I'll just include you on the invoicing I send out every week just to show that, hey, I'm actually out doing work. And I think the first week was, I mean, it was 20, 30 grand and her eyes went wide and I never turned in a piece of paper again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty clever. Yeah, because you, I mean, yeah, I'm going to work for myself. Yeah, right. Get the hell out Exactly. Of you have to it make was a great alias, school, like Bill. Definitely, yeah. It was a fantastic school, and they knew I was legitimate. I, I mean, I showed up in the morning with with a low boy truck and a D six that had just been buried, and I spent the last three hours trying to get it out. So, I mean, it was it was legitimate. Oh yeah, in a low, I pulled a semi and low boy into the school parking lot a lot. That's you know? pretty cool. That's that's yeah. a, actually a, it's a flex, flex for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's way cooler than driving like a lifted Jeep Wrangler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So. Anyway, so they knew it was legitimate and they were, they were very, very good to me. So can't speak highly enough about them. Um, when do you hire somebody? Yeah. So I had, it was a guy who's doing landscaping on the same job as me had came up talking to me. Um, and so I hired him and, and I still had to go to school every day, but he was a self-sufficient guy. I could put him on a dozer and set him up for the next day and he'd be good for the first couple hours until I got out at, you know, 11 o'clock or lunch mm -hmm. or whatever it was. So, so I hired a guy within... Within a couple months of starting the company, I hired the first employee. But did you think twice about it, or were you oh, just no. like, "Well, I just yeah. gotta, I, I got help. work, I need help." Yep, that's all it was. Yeah, that's the good way to do it. I think a lot of people get scared for no reason. There, they they do. I I I think it's it's a responsibility that you can't take lightly. Sure, but it, you're going to screw it up at the same time. Oh, for sure. And so just accepting that and doing your best yep. and just taking the screw ups, learning yep. from them and just keep moving on down the road. That's by far the best way to do sure. it. And you can certainly feel more comfortable in an economy, you know, like it has been in the last five years where yeah. even if I do make a misstep or even if he doesn't work out working here, he can go get a job anywhere. Sure. So there, you could comfort yourself a little bit knowing that, you know, hey, I have good intentions here. I'm not trying to pull this guy away from a long-standing career to make a hot shot at something. Did the people that, that joined you early on, did they know you were in high school still? Oh, yeah, he did. But he did a good job of of keeping that alias up with me. You know, we uh, we would, he wouldn't talk about it. Yeah. So I think the first 20 employees, one of the first things they were told was, we do not talk about Will's age, you know, and it's still that way. We encourage guys not to talk about my age. Why do you think people, why, why do you think that's a problem? Oh, I think it's just human nature. I don't think it's, they don't, they don't mean to discriminate. They don't mean to, you know, think poorly just because of an age, but it's human nature. I mean, yeah. you go to sign a million dollar contract with a 20 year old, think about how terrifying that is from their shoes. So I've sympathized with them. I don't hold anything against the guys who do think less of me because how old I am. I think it's, I think it's, it's some of that, but I also think it's a little bit of ego. Sure. Because it makes them look at what they've done in their life and they're like, damn, this 20-year-old's kicking my ass and I'm 48. <laughs> sure. This kind of makes me feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a I try not that. to think like that, but yes, probably. Yeah. Well, but it's reality. Yeah. Like it, and once you start to understand how ego plays a role in people's decision-making oh, yeah. and emotions, then you can yep. start to 
not manipulate, but just work with it rather know than around, know it. your way around it. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's so interesting. Another interesting observation I've made about people is they, especially in construction, they're very proud of their experience. Sure. And they think a year experience is a year experience. Yep. But just because your one year was this doesn't mean my one year is also that. Definitely. It's, it's a one year. One year of experience is not equivalent whatsoever. Yep. I've seen guys learn more with the right leader in eight months than other guys have in eight years under the wrong leader. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, and, 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 and you growing up on a farm, for example, you're getting a lot of that experience. Oh, yeah. You're over, everything. I mean, sure, you're 20, but you've been going at it for yeah. A decade plus. Yeah, since I could reach the clutch pedal. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just because they got a late start or they didn't have that experience, it doesn't mean it just, I, it gets, Yep. it's funny how people take their experience and equal it to other people's when it's not at Definitely. all equal. Definitely. Because like, that's, I've thought a lot about this, me as 27. I've just, I've been, I've done my best to consolidate as much experience into this little window as I can. Sure. So like the past four years, I've just been going crammed. Nuts. Yeah, yep. just cram it in there. Yep. And with all this travel and meeting all these people and all these conversations and just seeing so much of the industry that you just you take decades of experience somewhere else and you just put it onto this nice little neat package. Yep. And here you go. Yep. Now I'm not to say that it it's equivalent to working in a you know one company for sure. twenty years. Yeah. But my experience is a lot more broad. And a lot more encompassing than most other people's in this industry. Oh, yeah. Even at my age. Yep. Um, the funny thing about the age thing, Jimmy Starbuck. Yep. Have you seen him around? I've heard of him. Haven't met him. He is. He's a character. He started a company when he was really young in his yep. 20s. And people wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't deal with him sometimes directly. Sure. So he would just say it was his dad's company. Ah, and he he he, he played his, the daddy's card on himself, which is which is genius. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he called it Starbucks and Son. Sure, and he was the son. Yeah, that's so, fantastic. It, so he he literally called his company Starbucks and Son, so that these people would take him seriously, huh, even though funny. his dad had nothing that's to do. Smart. With the I've never thought of that. Yeah. Huh. So keep that one in your yeah, back pocket right. because that's <laughs> that's like next level genius. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So. No, I follow him on Instagram. He's got a lot of cool looking iron and it seems like COVID was hard in Australia. I, I feel very <sighs> blessed that in Indiana, COVID didn't touch me. No, no. There were some, I mean, going up in the Chicago, yeah, definitely. Sure. On the edges of the country, yeah, definitely. But otherwise? We didn't miss a day of work. No, but the construction industry didn't miss a day of work, really. Yeah. Unless you were in Washington with Governor Inslee saying sure. construction's not essential. Sure. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so at, at, at the time you graduate high school, so I graduated high school a year early. Um, oh, you graduated early. Yeah. So I worked program for myself junior year and then I was done. Really? Yep. So you finished at 17. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Were you just trying to get it over with, hurry it up so you could no, go to work? I love school. I really did. I, I wasn't a kid that, you know, slept through the day. I mean, I was, I was pretty good at school and I really enjoyed the people at school and I enjoyed learning. I always have. So I fully thought, even at that point, I was going to college. Like my whole life plan was I'm going to college, of course. Um, I even had some scholarships lined up, you know, so it wasn't a matter of rushing it. It was a matter of, it wasn't rushing it because I wanted out of school. It was rushing it because I wanted the efficiency of me being on site all day, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the potential there. So 
going into what would have been my senior year, my senior year would have been 2020, um, but I was working for myself full time. I was still balancing and questioning, do I go to college or do I stay for what I'm building here? And 2020 answered that question for you. Oh, it sure did. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that was that was a near miss for sure. Well, I don't think so. It was my friends were still all went to college and they still had a blast, you know, and I would have had fun in college. True. And I saw all the pictures and all the videos. True. And here I am working 40 hour days, you know, just just talking to vendors, clients and employees. That's all it was. So there was there was never regret. Um, but it's hard as a young guy that doesn't go to college to see everybody else having a good time. That that would be after college, though, too, because I, I have those. I've had those similar thoughts for four years now. Sure. You're out there building a company, living this one completely different life. Yep. And then you go social media and everybody you grew up with, everybody, you know, they're all great people. They're all fucking off, you know, yeah. just being in their oh, 20s, yeah. just living yeah. it up. And you're sitting there in some, you know, it's a, it's a weird time of the day, yep. like ridiculous early in the morning or late at night yep. or Sunday I've been living afternoon. on Mountain Dew and Ho-Ho's for the last four <laughs> weeks, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah. you go by. And so we did a job in Bloomington. So I drive through IU and, and I just look around and, and it's easy to get cynical about it or, or get mean. So you just look around at all these guys at your age, you know, able-bodied young men. It's like, shouldn't yeah. you have a job? Like yeah. you guys are doing <laughs> nothing. <laughs> they don't do anything. <laughs> what do you yeah. contribute to society? Yeah. Yeah, but there's, uh, I mean, that's a, it's a good time. Yeah, I. But it, no matter, no matter if you go to college or not, you're gonna have that. Yeah, at least I've had it. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, and I don't think COVID slowed down kids being kids. Yeah, I think it only made it. I think it only sure. started up a little bit more. Sure, because they tried to suppress kids being kids, and that just doesn't work. Yeah, but what what would have pissed me off if I was in college? in 2020, 2021, is that they were still charging people the same amount oh, of money yeah. for a bullshit product. Yep. Like garbage, garbage, garbage <laughs> product for the exact same amount of money. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I could, I, I, I try to like run that situation in my head. I'm like, I don't know if I, I would have stayed because I, I, knowing you're getting screwed for two years that sure. badly. Sure. That sucks. Yeah. But think about the peer pressure side. They weren't going to go anywhere. No one went anywhere. Yeah. And, but, and the colleges do that. Yeah. They're like, we can get away with this for yeah. sure. They'll but lay down and take it. They overplayed their hand because enrollment is actually has peaked. Yeah. And is headed down I for the first that. time. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, I'm all for college. I'm yep. all for college. And I am too. College yeah. is a great thing, yeah. but there's a lot of people that are in college that shouldn't be. I, and that's what I agree with. They've overplayed their hand. Definitely. Um, so you are hiring people, you graduate early. Yeah. So senior year, I made a million dollars and that was the tipping point was, Jesus. was I'm not going to school. This is too good of an opportunity. I've been blessed. You know, this is at that point I started adopting the big vision, you know? So at that point I knew I wasn't going to go, um, and just put my head down and went. What's the big vision? Yeah. I don't have it wrote out. I probably should, but the big mm. vision is we're going to make a huge impact. You know, if you look around the market, my thing is every one of my competitors in the indie market, 60, 70, you know, 80 year old guy, good guys, no one there to seriously secede the business. So blue collar as a whole in Indianapolis, I think the next five to 10 years is going to be the greatest transfer of wealth and power and scope. So I started to get to a size where I saw that and it really opened my eyes and hey, the potential of this could be huge and it is going to be huge. So then I was fully committed. We're going to build a monster. 
you know, be careful when you, you build a monster. You gotta, <laughs> then you got to feed it. You got to feed a monster, <laughs> as I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's the only way you change things. You need to do it through scale. Yep. And people only believe what they can see. And that's what I've always said is I have no choice but to build a big company because that's what people are going to believe. Yep. And that's going to give us the influence to actually go change some things in the yep. industry. Yeah. I can't just do it myself. There's no way. Sure. Um. I, so I'm what, like, what does that opportunity look like specifically though? Is I had started getting a lot of bid requests. So, so I started off residential. I was doing a residential for a guy in Zionsville. Um, super cool guy, 60, 70 years old. He's in the retirement phases of his life. He was an estimator at Shield Sexton for 20, 30, 40 years, which is a large contractor in the Indianapolis area. So mm-hmm. uh, he started teaching me the basics of estimating, just very high level. You know, this is how you do it. You take your costs, you, you do an overhead market, yeah. overhead markup and a profit markup. And I fell in love with it. I've always been a numbers guy. So I went home to an Excel spreadsheet and just started writing. I mean, writing cells and writing formulas and went crazy with it. So at that point, I started getting into small commercial, doing gas stations and, and take five oil changes and, and all these small, you know, $100,000, $300,000 projects and figured out how to win those bids and then won way too many of those bids. <laughs> so now I'm going to nice. go do all that work. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, 2020 was a whirlwind of commercial work. And we way overextended ourselves because at that point it was a couple, it was a couple employees, a lot of high school guys, you know, and we're out here Mm -hmm. running and I'm not exaggerating when I say 40 hour days. I mean, we would do a job in Muncie, load up, drive to Bloomington (laughs) and do a whole job in Bloomington before we'd go to bed. There was, there was employees that would leave their car somewhere like at a gas station on the South side of Indianapolis. Three days later, when we went back to Indianapolis, the car had been stolen three days ago, you know, so I got to buy this employee a new car because I feel bad, you Mm -hmm. know, $800 shit box. But yeah, yeah, there was was just all sorts of crazy stories about, and we were running way too hard. It wasn't sustainable. Every single person that was with me at that time is is long gone because I burned them out quick and fast Um, and we're running, you know, running hard. Yeah. So I would... You know, I had some really good vendors at the time. One of them was a guy at utility pipe sales and, and he knew I didn't have time to come get parts. So he'd leave them out at night. And I was just, you know, I'd sneak in the lot at the middle of the night, pick up the parts I needed. And there was one morning I'd been awake for a couple of days and I went to pick up, you know, an SDR fitting or something. And there was a, there was a stack of dual wall uh, HDP pipe. I was like, man, it looks so good just to lay down on that for a second. And I laid down and I fell asleep right there in the middle of the lot. And they found me in the morning, you know, and, and just all sorts of crazy stories. So nice. Yeah. I lived on, on Mountain Dew and, you know, Twinkies. It was, it was a fun time looking back on it. It was a fun time. At, at what point do you realize, you know, this is probably not the best way to go about things. At the point where all my employees quit on a regular basis, uh, you know, and good guys either. and friends of mine too. You know, these were guys that were friends before their employees. And now we're no longer friends because of how hard we're running, you know? The best employees I had were the ones who were under 16. I, this sounds terrible. The ones who were under 16 because they didn't have a driver's license, they couldn't go home. So from the time <laughs> I picked them up, they were with me. And I had mothers calling me at 2 or 3 a.m., where's my son at? I'm like, well, he's running a haul truck. Like, we're busy, okay? He's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> working. <laughs> yeah, but I'd keep him out for 20, 30, 40, 50 hour stretches at a time, you know. Shit. I've met more police officers in my market 
than anybody else just because how many calls they've got at 2 a.m. There's some idiot out here with a backup beeper, you know, and they're all super nice guys. And, and for the most part, I got kicked off a couple, but yeah, yeah. we'd do it again tomorrow night. Yeah. So quickly yeah. learned to, to cut the, will be. yeah, cut the wires for the backup beepers, but sure. Yeah. Anyway. White noise back. Exactly. <laughs> Those are your friends. Those are your friends. Those were the early days. And there was a couple of guys that, that are around now that had just seen the end of that tale or the end of that era. And, and they talk about the, the olden days, you know, two years ago. Was there, was there a moment in time that's like, okay, we, we need to head in a different direction or was it somewhat of a gradual? It was a gradual for change. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 2020, we'd been doing, we had a full stack of commercial to finish out the year. And I had a really good client call me and say, Hey, you know, these guys dropped off the subdivision lots, the subdivision job, 40, 50 lots. I think it was 30,000 cubic yards and, and maybe a, a combined total of 15 or 20,000 foot of pipe. He called me on you know, end of October. Hey, can you do this? Absolutely not. You know, there was no way we we're going to pull that off. But you know what I said on that phone call? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sign me up. So we would work commercial all day. We started that job on November 10th and paving in the North doesn't run year round. No. We had to get it in black. So you don't have a fixed deadline either. They could close on Thanksgiving. They could run all the way to you know New Year's, whatever it is. So we started that job on November 10th. We would run commercial all day long, way behind schedule, you know, pissing people off. Then we'd come work residential all night, subdivision development all night. So we were out there with a with a skid steer and a mini excavator laying thirty six inch RCP. I've made some some equipment go way past its <laughs> limits, you know. And I've ran a lot of one or two man pipe crews putting in production production pipe. Yeah. You but you just I mean, you put yourself in a position where it's like You have to make it happen. Yeah, there's no other option. Yeah. I didn't even think about other like it was nothing to me. It was just what I was what I had to do. That's that's the fun part about doing this when you're young, is that you're so naive, you just don't know better. Yeah. And you can put you put yourself into positions that someone more experienced and wiser would, would have been never, way too scared of. Yeah, yep. never ever because that's so stupid. But yeah. you just you just don't know any better. Yeah. You're like sure. you would have you would have thought I was on drugs. Like I was wired out just running. There was a I had a little clapped out BMW convertible that I drove around as a work car because I'd given my truck up to be a work truck. Um so top down, you know, driving around and, oh, and enjoying that. But I had finished <laughs> on a job. I'd been awake for for a couple of days again and, and I'd left that job. And I got to the four-way stop sign a mile down the road from this job. And I, and I pull out my phone to text all my employees what the plan is for tomorrow. It's 2 or 3 or 4 a.m. I don't know. Next thing I know, I wake up and somebody's got their hand around my throat. And when you wake up, you're still a little dreary. Like, I had no clue who I was, where I was, what was going on. Um, there was lights all around me. You know, it was a police officer checking my pulse, thinking that I had overdosed or, or died sitting at the stop sign. What? Vehicle's still in gear and my foot's on the brake, you know, and I just falling asleep right there Holy sitting shit. at the stop sign. But that was kind of a moment where like, yeah, maybe I need to sleep a little more. Probably need to, yeah, stop but, this. Super nice, guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the, it's, it's interesting. Uh, the best analogy I've heard is you go from pirate to Navy. Yeah. And you, so I heard, I heard, was it Keaton Turner and you that said that a while ago? Uh, we probably had the same conversation. Yeah. Because, I heard that and I was like, man, that is so true. Yeah. Cause I mean, Turner Mine Group had the same thing. It was, it was for sure a piracy back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Uh, they were just doing whatever they, they, they could do to stir up the mining industry. And yep. then that just 
it only gets you so far, but to get the bigger contracts, you need to play bigger Definitely. ball and Definitely. you need to be professional and buttoned oh, yeah. up and safe yeah. and efficient. Yeah. No, and in that so time we then, were, we were tinting all the windows at 5% and putting subwoofers in the equipment. You know, we were having a good time. So. <laughs> yeah. And people still do that. Oh, and I love it. But the, yeah, the reality is, okay, great. Do we stay here and yeah. just keep fucking off? Or if we do want to go turn this thing into a monster. Yeah. Do we get legitimate? We got to dial us in. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you, you lose a lot of people. You're just piracy, full bore. Yep. What are the changes you started to make to get a little bit more buttoned up? Well, in those days, I was like, well, the high schoolers working 40 hours a day is, you know, it's got some issues. So I got to hire experienced guys and I didn't know what I was doing. So I, I did need experienced guys and I just went full cutthroat. I would stop on everybody's jobs. So like if I drove by your dirt job, I was going to stop and try to steal every employee you had. And I made a lot of enemies there too. Yep. Um, yeah. That's... But that's what I was out to do was steal, steal employees because I needed that experience factor. And I got some, I got, I got a couple great ones through that process. You know, the, the ways I got them might not have been right, but they're good people. And that was a very small group. The rest of them were the guys you didn't want anyway. The job hoppers of this industry, you know, all the bad things about construction are the kind of people I got. Mm -hmm. um, so I quickly figured out just because they've got experience doesn't make them the perfect employee, you know? <laughs> yes. So, so I cut my Cut myself there pretty good and quickly found that out. So I was like, okay, we're going to go back to the hiring high schoolers because they're, they're good guys and we're just going to take it a little slower, treat them a little better, you know? So we haven't always been great at the culture. We haven't always been great at, at treating people, you know, and I'll be the first to admit that I've mm -hmm. made mistakes there, but I found through the first two years of this business, how I had to do it right and, and learned. Yeah. If you, that's the magic of creating your workforce is you don't have to go steal them from somebody else. Yep. So you're not pissing people off. Yep. You're making the industry better. Definitely. By adding the Definitely. workforce. And you don't have to untrain them. Yeah. And untrain all of their bad habits oh, yeah. learned from other people. Definitely. Uh, which is very advantageous. That's not to say that you can't get away with just all inexperienced people. Right. There's a lot of experience you need. Definitely. To go make sure a building pad is actually at compaction. Yep. If you turn a bunch of 16 year olds loose on a big commercial <laughs> building pad, it's not going to end up well. Yeah. And that's what it was. I mean, it was, yeah. we'd roll up on a job site and the oldest guy's like 22 years old, you know? So we figured out, hey, we need a mix of the, of the salt and pepper boys and some gray hairs mm -hmm. with all these young studs. Yeah. Um, what, um, so what does your workforce look like now? Yeah. I think, I think it's still, it is still very, very young, but we've got that mixture. So, I think it's 80% of the guys in the company are, are younger than 25, 28, you know, early 20s. Really? Yeah. The other 20%, we, we go from one end of the spectrum to the other, it feels like. So we've got a bunch of 25-year-olds, and then we've got a bunch of 50 and 60-year-olds that have been doing this their whole life. And yeah. they're good guys and good leaders, you know. So they've got a lot of, I won't call them pet projects, but they've got a lot of pet projects. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I thought... I thought young people don't work. Yeah, that's what I heard so too. How, does, how do you find? How do you find? We don't. We just scroll people. TikTok all day and pretend like we're working. Yeah, but. that's that's my strategy. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody's. I'll always get some jackass online that'll say, "Wow, so you just go to all these projects and just watch other people work? Exactly you don't do any of the work do. yourself?" Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> I, I get to enjoy it without the liability, yeah. without the diesel yeah. expense, with like. Yeah. I don't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. 
Now, that couldn't be further from the truth. There are still so many young people that want to work. They just have to be led, you know, and they have to they have to be shown what it can be. And the construction, you know, you preach this every day. Construction has done a terrible job, an awful job. I look around at other industries, linemen, they've done a good job in the past couple of years. There's a lot of guys coming out of high yes. school going into that trade. Welding, welding's done pretty mm-hmm. well in the past couple of years. Yep. You know, so there's other trades in the blue collar world that have figured it out. Our industry is not one of them. Mm-hmm. It, it's coming around, we'll say, at best. Yeah. Um, but there are so many young guys that are that are willing to work harder than you've than you've seen guys work before. It's just they have to be under the right leaders. They have to be treated correctly, you know. What does treated correctly mean? Work life balance uh is something we try to actually enact. We went from one end of the spectrum to the other. So we don't even work. We hardly work Saturdays anymore. Mm. We've got all these young guys. They've got new girlfriends. They've got young wives. They've got young kids. They need to spend their Saturdays, or at least most of their Saturdays, raising that family, being there for their girlfriends and, and doing all the cute petty shit. You yeah. know? So, yeah. Taking the pictures. Yeah. And- so we structure the company that, hey, we're a five-day-a-week company, and we'll have GCs and, and you know, guys are like, oh, why aren't you here running on Saturday? And it's like, because that's not the company we are, mm-hmm. you know? So granted, a dirt is like farming. When the weather's right in Indiana, you've got to run, sure. but you try to be responsible. Like we've got unlimited vacation time and we tell guys, you need to take a couple trips a year. Like you've got to get away before you burn out. And, you know, those kind of policies and programs, everything is just benefits. Everybody does that. But you got a 401k with 5% match for an 18 year old and you sit him down and explain that and get him to commit to that. Just forget he's doing it. You know, it's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And and guys take account on that. So how, um, you know, like a, uh, a reason for the vacation time thing, not being a thing is, well, well, don't people take advantage of that? Yeah. How do you get people not to take advantage of that? We have, we have flexible time off too. Sure. So I'm just being, I don't, I don't know the perfect way. I know I don't have people that take advantage of it. And I think most of it comes back to our culture. Like guys see that their leaders take trips, you know, and they're gone a week at a time. And when they're gone, we're not going to blow up their phone. We're going to, we're going to figure it out or go to the next guy up the chain or whatever it is. So we set a good example of how to do that and how to balance that. And we haven't had problems with people, you know, oh, well, if that's the case, I'll take three weeks off. We have never had that issue. I think people, good people know that, hey, this is something that's, you know, to be respected, to, to be done within balance. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think good people inherently want to work. Oh, for sure. It's, it's my greatest blessing in life is I have a purpose and I love what I do, you know, and I work. Yeah. That's well, that's why I work so hard is because I've, I've been given this opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and so it would be just the biggest failure possible if I squandered that. Yep. That's, that is like my, my big driving force because yep. I have been provided this opportunity. I've Definitely. been put on this path very early on. Definitely. So I better go make something of it because yep. a lot of people don't have this opportunity. I'm in the exact same boat. Yeah. I, I've been blessed beyond measure and, and I could never even put it into words, but because of that, I'm going to work 20 hour days and I'm going to, I'm going to go, you know, and make as much impact on the people as I can around me. Yeah. You know. How, how do you provide leadership when you're still trying to figure out who the hell you are? That's a good question. You're not going to do it perfect and you have to be just real with people in, in my book. So the guys around me, I mean, they see me fail every day, every day I make mistakes, but 
we're going to take extreme ownership. We're going to talk about them. We're, we're going to, you know, explore what went wrong or what missteps I took um, and do that in front of everybody, the whole company. Brand new labor, they're going to hear how Will screwed it up today. Mm-hmm. But we're all going to learn from it so that, you know, not only I make that mistake again, but hopefully it keeps some of you guys from making that mistake again. So they see good leadership critiquing itself, critiquing the others around it in a positive way uh, and just trying to be real with their problems. So, yeah. It is where I would kind of go with that, um, you know, and, and just being there for people. As a business owner, you wouldn't believe how many how many phone calls you get at 10 p.m. at night because these guys all have personal lives and they come from some hard stuff and, and they have terrible things happen around them, mm-hmm. you know. So just the phone calls you get and, and what's your reaction? When somebody calls you and tells you, hey, you know, my mom just got murdered. What, what are you going to say on that phone call? How, what are you going to do as the employer to that guy to handle that and, you know, help him through any way you can? So I've developed a lot and I've, I've learned a lot through that, you know, and it comes back to blessing. Like I've been so blessed to be put in this position. I better be responsible for, for the guys around me and, you know, building them as people. You, you learn quick. Oh, yeah. When you're put into that kind of position. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. I've I've used it more as an asset than a liability. Sure. And, and it, it, it's a lot easier when you just say, yeah, like, great. You don't know what you're doing? Welcome to the fucking club. <laughs> I don't either, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the first time you've yep. done this job? Yep. Me too. Yeah. I've never owned a company before. Yeah. I, I hired <laughs> so, a kid a couple months ago and, and he, I'm teaching him how to be an estimator. So first day he goes out in the field, he takes his brand new shiny hard hat, you know, and he writes office idiot on the front. And I didn't tell him to do that, but he did that. And and everybody loves him for it. You know, it's yeah. like, that was a smart move, kid. Yeah. Like, that was great. Yes. Call yourself an idiot before they can call you one. That's exact. <laughs> that is the best, the best possible attitude you could have going on to a job site for the first yep. time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Make fun of yourself before the others do it. Yep. And then, oh, yeah. Okay. So this guy's pretty cool. Sure. And then they're going to take you under their uh, wing. And they'll teach you not to be an idiot. And they'll teach you everything they know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, if you see that you, you try the human, na- the human nature side of you wants to blend in. Sure. So to blend in, you're going to act like you know what you're doing. Yeah. So that you're not rejected, Fake but everybody, yeah, but, but these guys smell bullshit <laughs> uh, from a mile away. <laughs> yeah. So they can tell, nope, this yeah. kid that doesn't have a clue yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. And then they just write you off. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, you have to go in the opposite direction and just say, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm willing to work. Yep. You actually, I want to learn. You have to, yeah, you have to be, you have to, you, then you have to work. Yep. Then you have to, you know, when someone tells you something, then you have to do it. And then yep. you build that trust. And, and the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. Yeah. What do you think the construction industry needs to do better to attract the next generation? Because what they're doing right now is clearly not, yeah. not working as I, well as it needs I think to. we have to rewrite the aura around construction as a whole, you know, when a, when in, when a lady is driving her kids around town and she sees the construction workers, you know, she sets an example. Hey, kids, do well in school so you don't end up like that guy who's out there shoveling 10 hours a day and in 100 degree heat. And, and just that subconscious mindset America has about construction has to change. Um, so, you know, construction is, is guys who couldn't make it to college, druggies, convicts alcoholics, trailer trash, you know, whatever label we want to put on them this week. Um, so I think we just have to, we just have to change by showing them that's not who we are and that's not what we believe in. Be very strict on the kind of guys that represent us out in the field. 
and I made a ton of mistakes at that. Again, disclaimer. Um, but we try to be super strict in the hiring process and, and we fire guys quickly for those kind of things because we're trying to build our culture around these are clean cut, good guys here to do good, honest work. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, you know, and there's there's a pride aspect that comes with blue collar and, you know, just like agriculture, you know. So I think we just have to we have to figure out how to clean our people up, present ourselves better and show ourselves show show the good parts of our industry because you know, everybody sees the construction workers on the side of the road that are cracked out. Everybody sees the jokes on the internet about it, you know, this and that, but nobody's shown up until, you know, here as of recently, nobody's shown all the great parts of construction because there are fantastic parts. It's mm-hmm. just, we don't advertise that, you know. And and the pride is something that is missing from a lot of society. Oh, yeah. It's, and that's, I think, what's so attractive to the industry to me is everybody's so proud of what they do, but yep. you, you go to these other industries there's just no pride. Everybody's just doing their job. Yep. Some of these people are making a shitload of money. Sure. But they're still not, there's, you can still tell part yeah. of them is missing because they're just not the, And proud they don't they love do. what they do. I mean, they're just, yeah. they're just here. And yeah. it's a free agent economy. You know, that's what the new generation has moved to. And I believe that. But there's still room for loyalty there. And there's still room for pride in what you do and a, and a love for what you do. Even if you are, you know. We've created the free agent economy by taking advantage of people and not treating people well. You know, I'm I'm paying this guy eighteen dollars an hour, hoping he doesn't hear that that he's actually worth twenty five dollars an hour, thirty dollars an hour. So exactly. We've done it to ourselves. Yeah. I mean, every problem we all like to gripe about with the young generation is our own fault. Well, that's what I, I and I I feel like I've realized this before, but it was so clear to me the other day. I just realized the generation complaining about. The older generation complaining about the future generation is the one that that raised the future generation. I'm like, wait a minute. I bet the wool pulled right over my eyes. (laughs) Like they're making it seem like this is my fault. (laughs) It's your guys' fault. Like this is your fault. Yeah. Um, And not that I'm going to go blame the other generation because that doesn't do me any good. But it's like, hold on a second here. You're the ones who raised us as iPad kids watching SpongeBob. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Here, kid, shut up. Here's an iPad. Uh We don't want to deal with you the rest of the afternoon. Go figure. Yeah. Go figure. And then here we are. You know, businesses are suffering for it as a result. Yeah, it's not my problem. can't hire people. I mean, it's just crazy. (sighs) I, uh, it's, it's crazy, but. Like you said, there could not be a bigger opportunity yep. in a, in America. It just the the blue collar space, I think, is the single biggest opportunity over the next few decades. Oh yeah, I I don't I I just don't see another field that has what the blue collar world has. Yeah, and what is going what it's going to have well into the future because we can. And I've talked about this. I I, I go into my my Fortune magazine now. And it's all about NFTs sure. and and bitcoins, like what crypto. What the latest TikTok trend is yeah, about it. Yeah, it's and, it's all all yeah. about all about the latest in technology. Sure, but none of that means shit without food, water, shelter. Right. That doesn't ever go away. Yeah. Ever go away until we I don't know put our brains into a sure a robot. Sure. Elon takes us to Mars. Yeah. Yeah. It, but until then, yeah. Until we can crawl into computers, yeah. doesn't it just we're still human beings. Yeah. We're always going to be constrained by that, which is crazy. Oh, it's it's wild to think about. And, and a majority, I don't know what your perspective is, a majority of, of the industry around me, it's all controlled, ran, and, and uh, you know, powered by boomers. 
So yeah, they point fingers at me. I point fingers at them. But like the baby boomers are are on the way out the door. They're going bye bye. So yes, and I've so I've I've learned to be like, hey, you've you've got us here. So thanks. Yeah, like you guys have done a Fantastic. great job. Yeah. But then the other side, it's like, if you guys wouldn't mind, like, please. Get lost. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, I, you know, retirement is sure. a great, like, yeah. great time. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I, there's these golf courses. They look awesome. Like, if you wouldn't mind, like, sure. hand it off here. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't have time to waste. Yeah. This needs to change. Yeah. This needs to change. We yeah. cannot continue the status quo. Yeah. Because by the day, we're only screwing ourselves further and further and further. And then. They do leave at some point sure. because you and me have more sand in our hourglass sure. than they do. Sure. Fact. Unless I die young, you know, for whatever yep. reason. But yep. As a whole. Yeah. As a whole, I just have to wait. But then we're left with the pile of shit yeah. that we have to deal with. They spent their whole life trying to defend their title, not teaching anybody, you know, not bringing somebody up to replace them because they don't want to get replaced. And all of a sudden when they, you know, stroke out or, or they do leave the company, there's no one there to that understands their role or knows how to do it well, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I would be doing the same thing. Yeah. If I were in that position, I'd be doing the same thing. Cause all these guys have it so good. Sure. They're making a killing right now. Yeah. Just Life keep is milking grand. that cow. Yeah. yeah. They've been <laughs> grinding for 30 years to get there in the first place. Yep. Of course, I'm not going to go upset the apple cart. Yep. But that's the thing is you need to, you need to upset the apple cart a little bit while things are good. Yep. Definitely. Cause that, like that's the innovation. That's sure. what needs to happen. You're sure. evolving because the world's evolving. Yeah. And we're all scared of, you know, we could go into a couple episodes talking about this. We're all scared of what's coming for us. You know, if we're about to go into a recession and, and things are about to, you know, go back to 2008 or whatever. But I've got the, I got the mentality of that would be a good thing for this industry because those guys aren't motivated to stay into it. Yes. You know, there's going to be a mass exodus next time we have a 2008 and, and maybe it's not a 2008. Maybe it's, maybe it's something in between here and there, but mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of people exit this industry and this problem is just going to get worse. That's it. Well, I, and I made a post about this the other day, you know, does a, a economic decline, does a recession, does that make the industry, does that make the workforce problem better? Because, okay, reduce demand. Sure. Great. Now we can actually accommodate the demand with the current workforce, but mm -mm. it's going to push back companies up. Companies are going to lay people. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's going to push back up, but the demand is going to decrease. Companies are going to go lay people off. They're only 10 years, 15 years older than they were before. Sure. So most of them are just going to leave the workforce. Yeah. Last time they left to other industries, they yeah. stayed in the workforce. This time they're just going to leave altogether. Yeah. They go away. Yeah. Out of the workforce, period. And then demand comes back. Ask the airlines. Sure. Talk to American Airlines right sure. now. Yeah. How are you guys doing? They're getting the <laughs> shit kicked out of them because they just put all of their old pilots into retirement. Oh, yeah. And you can't just go get a bunch uh, of new pilots. Yep. You can't just go hire a bunch of people and throw them into a commercial aircraft. Yep. Doesn't work that way. Yep. It's the same thing with excavators. People think you can, though. They want to go hire some people, throw them into an excavator, and expect them to be digging, you know, production digging sure. that afternoon. You're like, sure. what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it just doesn't work that way. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Now, caveat to that. We have been the company to throw guys off the deep end. Sometimes they learn to swim pretty quick, but you know, as a whole, yes, it, it yeah. is a very skilled industry. And it takes a very skilled workforce. You can't just snap your fingers and make it. It's, it can, it can work if you're in a pinch, but that's not a sustainable model. No. Cause yeah. I've seen it tried. And think about the safety work. issues that come with that. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. So it, again, it, it, you can get away with it, but from a sustainable standpoint, right. From a quality standpoint, you're going to get your ass beat. 
from a safety standpoint, you're going to get your ass beat. I mean, just one accident. Oh, yeah. That's all it takes. And then you're written off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing that I hate about, you know, I shouldn't say hate. That's that's one thing about this industry is, you know, we tell our people all the good things we're doing in the world, everything we've worked so hard for and, and how far we've built and how far we've come means nothing. As soon as somebody gets hurt with our name on their back and it's our fault. So as a growing company, that risk just gets larger and larger. And it's okay. What steps do I need to take that, you know, if that call ever comes through to my phone, because maybe it's not the company's fault. Maybe some guy makes a stupid move and gets himself hurt. Mm -hmm. When that phone call comes as business owners, what do I need to do now to make sure when that phone call comes that I know that I did everything in my power to educate, you know, and, and try to keep these guys safe and, and know that it's not my fault, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. No one, no one ever wants to make that call, but I just, and I, you know, I do have people out in the field, but I don't run a construction company. Sure. So I can't necessarily put myself perfectly into this, this position, but it's like people act like not, no one ever dies. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's a crazy thing to say. And I'm not saying we should just abandon safety. Sure. But it's at, at what point? And I, I just, I struggle with safety a lot of times because it's not really about safety. Sure. It's about, it's about protecting. Yeah. It's about my liability. It's about my insurance. It's sure. about my, you know, the, the lawyers. It's about this contract. It's yeah. not really about caring for human beings. Sure. If it's for caring for human beings. I'm 110% on board. Yep. But a lot of the safety I see, it's not actually about caring for people. Yep. And that's what drives me nuts about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a, that's a problem we've created as well, you know. We, we've done all these protocols and, and all these companies go to all these extents. Um, OSHA isn't a bad thing in its, in its core. Like, I'm not going to sit here and talk bad about OSHA. I love to joke about OSHA, as every good construction guy always of course, does. Of course. But we've created an industry that's so terrified of OSHA, I'll make sure I'm fully compliant or I'll harp on these guys to be compliant. But it's not because of, you know, what it should be about. It's because I hope OSHA doesn't show up, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, but, but, but what's even worse is these companies, they make OSHA and MSHA into this boogeyman. Yeah. And so they make up these crazy rules that they say are OSHA rules, MSHA rules, sure. and MSHA is going to get us. OSHA is going to get us. Sure. They're not actually, they're not actually rules. <laughs> they just use them as a scapegoat. They're the bad guy. Yeah. They yeah. make them into this, yeah. this monster yeah. that they're not. They're just there to make sure people don't die. Yeah. Great thing. That's a pretty solid mission to me. Definitely. And yet they're made in, they're contorted into this. We've made them the bad guy. Yeah. Because there always has to be a bad guy. Yeah. It's not me. Yeah. Construction company or mining company. It's the. It's the OSHA guy. Yeah. And, and it's like, how is that? a How is, you know, yeah. OSHA showing up to inspect it? How is that a bad thing? Sure. And that's, yeah. That keeps you pretty honest. Yeah. Like how definitely. is me showing up with the camera to photograph your company? That's, that should be a good thing. Cause it's definitely. like, man, I need to keep my sights buttoned up. So anybody could come out here, take pictures. I'm going to be good to go. Sure. Again, I don't, I don't have a construction company. <laughs> Oh, you so see it every day. What we've do all, I know? We've all made OSHA into the villain, and OSHA's not a bad thing. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing. So, yeah. You have to build the culture to know that and build these guys that, hey, safety isn't just you're going to get yelled at if you don't have a ladder in the trench. Safety is making sure everybody around you goes home to their wives and home to their kids and home to their family. It's about truly caring for people. Yep. It's about truly caring for people. And I'm going... There's a book, Everybody Matters. I'm a huge fan. It's yeah. really informed. Yeah, I was uh, just about to start that, actually. Randy Randy Blount told me to read that. 
10 out of 10. Yeah. It's written by Bob Chapman. I actually have a meeting with Bob Chapman in St. Louis next week. Awesome. Which I'm really stoked about. <laughs> but his whole thing was the safety record. They run a lot of factories and the safety record wasn't as good as it should have been. Sure. So instead of approaching it from a disciplinary point of view, they approached it from a true sense of caring about human beings point of view. Sure. Miraculously, safety is not a problem. <laughs> but yeah. that's just not, again, it's just not how it's approached in a lot of situations. Right. It is disciplinary. Do this or this is going to come back. Or to, you, you get know. fired. Yeah. I, I've seen companies, I've worked for companies that you make one mistake, you're fired. You you cause equipment damage, you're done. They fire you on the spot, and I'm just sitting. Here I wouldn't like, have a workforce left. <laughs> that's just it's it's that's it's not a sustainable business practice. Yeah. And then you're now, like one. Okay, say I go back my skid steer into something. Sure. I don't need to get yelled at. I don't need to be told I'm a jackass. <laughs> I am telling myself I am a jackass. Uh, yeah. I feel as bad as I could yeah. about that. Yeah. So I don't need to get told that because yeah. I already know that. Yeah. And then two, you go and fire me. Now you're spending the 10 grand or whatever it is to go repair your machine. You're going to go put a new person into that. The lesson's not been learned. It's going to happen again. Yep. And then I've learned that lesson. So now I go to your competitor. Sure. I'm you're not going to make better. that mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> so now you just made the $10,000 sure. investment in me. And yeah. I just went to go work for your competitor because you fired me. Yeah. And, and now you have to replace me. How how expensive is it to replace oh, somebody? Yeah. To it's, just make that same mistake again. <laughs> and then you go fire them. Yeah. It's crazy. No, it's funny. Just this morning, like two hours ago, I got a phone call from from a young foreman that is really good. Um, and he's got a loader man. He's a new loader man. He's been with us six, seven months. Um, so I get a call and it's, hey, Will, you know, and I can tell something's wrong within the first couple of seconds. And and they act like you're gonna you're gonna blow up, you're gonna scream. Well, Trent backed over the chop saw. This was two hours ago. Trent backed over the chop saw. You know, it's a $1,200 chop saw and $1,200 isn't nothing. Yeah. But I kind of laughed. I was like, ah, I bet he won't do that again. He's like, yeah, he feels terrible. And I said, make sure Trent knows that it's okay. We all make mistakes. You know, just don't do it again. Yeah. And go buy a new chop saw, you know, and Trent's a great guy. I can't wait to have him. And that's the lesson that like, yeah, that's He'll, the lesson learned. Yep. Now, if Trent goes and backs over four chop saws, yeah, maybe that's a different conversation. Yeah, we need to have a. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's reasonable cause there, but sure. but you know, a chop saw here or there, that's cheap, man. Yeah. Okay. Thank like thank God it was a chop saw. Yeah. Because now he's gonna know I need to be looking and I need to be paying attention when I'm running sure. this machine. Yeah. It could have been a fucking person. Yeah. Twelve hundred dollars for a chop saw to learn that lesson. Check. Yep. Write that check all day long. Yep. Yeah. And I know Trent's still shaking his boots. He's probably like running the loader, you know, really yeah. well right now. And that's fine. But I don't want him to think his job's in jeopardy because at previous employers, it was for something like that. But yeah, you know, it's it's part of growing as a person. Yeah, I am. I am still every time I run a skid steer and I go down a slope, I am scared shitless. <laughs> From your little tumble backwards. Yeah. That was that, cool. I'd never seen somebody do a backflip with a skid steer. Dude, I'm. I'm I was told it was impressive by a lot of <laughs> talented operators, but I I am still, I am little still edged. a little spooked. Yeah, that's but good. I just I just don't have the hours in a machine to have kind of worn that off. Sure. So I have you know since that accident maybe you know ten hours in the machine. Sure. Yeah. Uh, no three to ones for Aaron anytime soon. I stay away from slopes, dude. <laughs> I just do flat flat work. Yeah. I remember, I I got it back. I was running it somewhere, and. 
the, the guy where I was, he came up to me and he said, it was, uh, it was Cody. I was at Whistling Diesel's yeah. place and there was, it was like an equipment circus sure. out there Yeah, because he, he just put a post on the internet. Hey, if anyone has a tractor coming out, we're doing a bunch of work. Yeah. So then a bunch of people just show up with tractors and excavators and there's low boys in the road. Sure. It's just hilarious. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just like a, a just yeah. pandemonium. Yeah. There's dirt flying everywhere. And so I bring my skid steer out. I'm cutting a little road, cleaning something up, nice and flat, nothing crazy. And he comes over. He's like, hey, we actually have some work over here on this slope. And I'm like, no, yep. I'm good where I'm at. Yep. I touch one of the YouTube right guys. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 all those other guys. There's a Don't lot of it. other skid steers <laughs> here. Yeah, there's like 12 <laughs> other skid steers. Have one of them because I ain't touching that shit. Yeah. I met Cody with the first Gen Cummins. That was when he was he was just coming up in the truck game and the Instagram game and I ran it. We just happened to be passed by each other. I was a nice truck. He was a nice truck. So, you know, instant respect, sure, you know, sure. so we started racing back and forth going up 31, um, us 31 potholes everywhere. He was on, that was in the days when he was driving around on like 16 inch wide racing slicks. He loses a wheel, like just straight <laughs> <up>. <laughs> flies off the truck and he goes off into the median of the highway. Um, and just completely lost the front a arm assembly and everything. So I, I met Cody there and, and I stopped and tried to help him, but respect the game. You know, everybody hates him, but I love it. <laughs> uh, the best, the, he's, he's done that. It's yeah. manufactured. Yeah. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so what, what kind of advice do you have for young people thinking, oh, maybe this, this tractor thing are pretty cool. Yep. I don't know. Uh, jump. I, I'm, I don't think I'm a far enough along in life yet to be the advice giver. And I just don't. I haven't had many people ask me for advice, but take the risk. I mean, you're, you're how old? 25 years old. Like you've got time. Yeah. You've got time to yeah. rebuild. And, and that's a mindset. That's a mindset I have is as a business owner, you're always thinking of everything that could go wrong that put the business under right now, you know? And I think about the, the things I could do wrong as a business owner, um, or the missteps I could take, you know, say we did have another 2008, say I wasn't ready for that. I didn't have enough liquidity on hand and, and, you know, I wasn't, didn't have enough strength built for that or whatever it is. And in the back of my head, I've got the mentality, you know, one way or another, I'll find a way. Who else is 20 years old, has done $20 million of revenue. Like I, I'm now the most lethal guy out here. Mm -hmm. I can, I'm humble enough to know I could lose it all at any given moment, but I'm confident enough that I, to know that I can rebuild all this and go so much further. Sure. So and you just, you just have more time. Yeah. There's just more time there. Sure. Like if nothing else, it's just like from a mathematical standpoint, a lot more runway. Yep. Yep. So I, I think people need to take more risks and need to jump more often. Yeah. For sure. I agree. So, and, and stop worrying so much about what could happen when they jump. You know, I don't know what this economy is going to do. I'm not going to sit here and think about it and stew about it all day long. No matter what it does, I know I'll be out here working hard, getting crafty, being lean and mean and figuring it out. Let's, yeah, I, I, it's, it's interesting watching a lot of business owners right now because sure. a lot of these people have a lot to lose. Oh yeah. And so there's a lot of, as Andy Frisella says, there's a lot of people kind of going in their little turtle shells right now. Sure. And I think that's good to be prepared yeah. because they lived through 2008 sure. as a business owner. I we didn't. didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I don't know what that's like, yeah. <laughs> but I also... There's just a lot of fear and a lot of rationality. Yep. And and by everybody going in the little turtle shell, I think it does them a little bit of a disservice. Sure. I've, I've just 
I've observed that lately. It's yeah. and and I don't control the economy. You don't control the economy, but I can control I wake up. Yep. And what I do in between the time I wake up and the time I go to bed. Okay, great. Yep. So that's what I'm going to focus on. Yep. Everything else outside of there that happens, I don't dictate circumstances. Sure. I don't dictate what happens at the end of the day. Yeah. All I have control over is okay, did I do my best from the time I woke up to the time I'm going to bed now? The yep. answer is yes. Great day. Let's hopefully do it again tomorrow if I Definitely. get another shot. Good. I got another shot. Yep. You know, give me the strength and courage to give this day everything I got. Yep. Good. And that's all you can do. Yep. That's all you can do. You've already been blessed enough. Go and do something with it. So, and, and the mindset of volatility brings opportunity, you know, maybe this won't be such a bad thing. You know, this, this, this last three years has been great in the market. It's Mm -hmm. what took me from zero to 50. Maybe the next three years are tough, but the next upswing is going to be 50 to 750, you know? So like I see the, I, I can see the silver lining no matter how dark I look at it. I was having a beer with Herb Sargent last weekend. Yeah. He was in, um, he was in town and he said the, the, his example was, you know, snow sucks for us cause we can't work, sure. but it's great for the ski resorts. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, then, and the guys who plow snow. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, you know, you know, rain sucks for us in the summer, but sure. it's great for the farmers, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like, that's a great point. You know, there's sure. someone is always doing well, no yeah. matter what the circumstances are. And if you yeah. approach it from that perspective, well, that's well, a great. And it's like the, uh, I don't know what it was, Chinese farmer, you know, Dan Blazarian or whoever it was talking about, um, you know, the tale I'm talking about. It's been, it's circled around Instagram. Um, it's basically a Chinese farmer, a farmer loses his horse and the whole town comes over and says, oh, that's terrible. And he says, well, maybe. And then the next day, four more wild horses come back with his horse. And the whole town comes over and says, well, that's fantastic. And he says, maybe. Mm-hmm. Next day, his son's riding the horse and he breaks his leg. The whole town comes over and says, oh, that's terrible. And he says, maybe. And then the next day, you know, the conscription officer is coming around taking guys for the draft and they pass his son by because he's got a broken leg. And it's just, there's a lot of cool stories out there or, or cool little mantras to go by. And that's one of them. Like, you don't know. It, no matter how bad it feels today, you don't know if it's a good or bad thing. Yeah. Just do your best with it and keep moving forward. That's it. Well, and even the uh, just assigning good or bad yeah. is something really good or something really bad. Like, <laughs> how Doesn't are we matter. making that decision? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, isn't it all just it? It is what it is. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, I tell our guys like I'll have I'll have foreman call me or project managers call me, and, and and I can tell from the moment I pick up the phone, you know, they're discouraged. They've had a hard day, and and they start telling me about all of it all and. And this and that. And I'll say, well, sounds like it wasn't a bad day, you know, <laughs> and kind of disarm the situation. And I, I always tell my people, there's no such thing as a bad day as long as no one gets hurt. You know, it might not be a good day, might not be a great day, but not a bad day. Yeah. It's a day we learn something and we're going to try to do better tomorrow. So it's yeah. just all mindset. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the same perspective with weather. There's no such thing as bad weather. It's yeah. just weather. Yeah. Like that's what weather is. Yeah. It's mother it nature. We work hand in hand you know, with it. Snows. Yeah. It's just, it's just weather. Yeah. Um, how do people follow along with you, what you guys do? As far as like social media or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're active on all the social media accounts. I like to have fun with it. So like if you come in my Facebook comments and you're a troll, I'm going to mess with you. So, but I enjoy that. that. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, we're on all the social media platforms and people ask me like, oh, you know, social media manager and marketing guys and this and that. And, um, you know, you might not like to hear this, but for me, 
I enjoy making the posts on social media. No, that's I like what I to tell have people. fun with it. You I know? tell people don't hire us. Yeah. And, and it's not a thing of, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to look good from the client perspective. I mean, I am. But my main primary focus with what I do on social media is A, because I enjoy it, and B, because there's a lot of young guys like me that enjoy seeing that stuff. So, like, we attract future employees through the social media, and that's the whole game of it. It's not about finding the, the right clients through the stuff we do on social media. It might be part of it, but as a whole, it's for the people. That's, I have been trying to get out of doing social media for companies sure. for, for years now. Sure. I keep getting shot down about it. <laughs> uh, I don't want to do it sure. because it, 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 it's, it's a pain in the ass for us. And it does, if I did your social media, it's a disservice to you because I am telling your story. I would never hire someone to tell my story. It's my story. I want to tell it. And it's essential part of business nowadays, sure. 2022. That's just the reality. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's, that's how it should be. I'm stoked <laughs> to hear that. Good. Yeah. And we're happy to help people get oh, started, for sure. but it, you should get it to a point where you should, you should take it upon yourself. Yeah. It should be fun. I don't know how the big guys do the, uh, I call them, you know, I look around and still assign a lot of people, the big guys title, you know, I don't know who they've got running their social media, but they really need to figure that out. Cause there's some, there's some 200 year old companies where they post a picture and it's like, look at this dozer and it's a motor grader. It's like, yeah. what office girl you got running this, running the Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> it just looks bad. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's someone, someone sent me a, 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 a picture of an Instagram profile of a company. So they made an Instagram profile, but they haven't posted anything yet. Sure. And this is a multi-billion dollar company. Sure. Big time company. And, and he just goes, you know, maybe they'll figure it out one day. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, you know? <laughs> maybe. But until then, they're going to talk about how they sure. can't attract the next generation. Sure. I'm like, nobody wants to work. I've well, been saying it for a little bit. What do I know? Yeah, I'm just going to keep helping the people that want to be helped. I, I'll make some. I'll make some people very mad at me. Yeah, we'll see. The union, the Indianapolis Union Hall, or, or the local guys. How do you know anything about the union? Like, I don't understand that. Other than word of mouth, if you know a 60-year-old union guy, they've got no social media. They're not doing anything to endorse it. They're not doing anything to push their culture. There's nothing about their pride. Like, because I respect the union for the pride they built. There's some guys it's out unbelievable. there wearing union underwear yeah, and they dude. were union till they die. Yeah. I, I like that. I respect that. Yeah. What are they doing to bring in new young guys? You know, the hall's sitting completely empty and I've never seen any advertisement out of the union to attract young people. They're... I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of unions. I yeah. think, I think it's fantastic. It's not going away anytime soon at all. Like there's, there's, it just is what it is. Sure. Uh, and, and it's, it's dumb to argue non-union union. It's just like, yeah. no, it's just, it's just union or non-union. Yeah. And if that, that's, if you're in a union area, great. If you're yeah. non-union There's area, pros and great. cons to both. Check. It's just two different things. Um, but they have the exact same problem everybody else does. The exact same problem. Yeah. They still have to fill up the bottom bottom part the apprentices you know find those young people and they i don't know how they do it they aren't right now <laughs> maybe that's why but that but they're no different than a majority of the industry that's sure. just where the industry's at sure but it's just going to get to a point where they're going to have to they yeah. don't have a choice anymore yeah they don't have a choice yeah but that's cool for somebody like you that understands that oh, because yeah. that gives you the head start the opportunity sure. that them not the industry not understanding Terrible yeah. thing for the industry. Great thing for well, me. But, but the industry not understanding this is why I have a business. Yeah. <laughs> is why the opportunity we're looking at is so big. Yeah. If they had it yeah. figured out, 
I wouldn't exist. Sure. Yeah. So, and it's why I've been able to build a stable full of, you know, young studs who, who didn't it. come from anything like this. And I'd put them up against the best, of the best. That's it. Know? That's it. That's so. it. Yeah. All right. Um, great. Well, I appreciate you coming down here. Yeah. To talk shop. you guys having me. Yeah. Um, so willpower. Willpower excavation. I saw it. I was looking at your shirt. That's yeah. pretty, that's pretty fancy. Yeah. I made that logo in that same high school class that I, that I found in my LLC from. Well, I had a bulldozer in my, my logo. Yeah. I remember that and actually. And professionals stole it from me. <laughs> I was, I remember the early days of BuildWit. I remember the early days of Turner Mining Group on Instagram. Cause that was right when I was, you know, in the heat yeah. of my battle the, coming up. The golden, so, the golden. Oh uh, yeah. Good yeah. Old, good old days. Yeah. Right. When you were coming up was yeah. when I was going through. Yeah. And I was slogging too and just, <laughs> just saying dumb yeah. stuff and yeah. ruffling feathers. For I'll no always reason. I'll always be thankful for it, you know. Yeah. Good to look back on. And that's what we had to do. That's but what we be did. careful if you hire us for branding, they're going to steal your bulldozer. I know. <laughs> uh, they they will steal it from you. And you won't even see it coming and it'll just happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh cool. Well, Will, thanks for yeah. stopping by. Thanks, guys.